1: The podcast that Miss Amy uh, just let you know about, Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. I am Joel Briesicky, and with me, Mike Kapler, getting set to uh, share some good news with y'all. Don't know why I just <laughs> went southern there. It's, I suppose We're all I got things to all people. All things to all people, and I got yeah. we got lots of southern friends on Facebook and people listening to the podcast and uh, from no, all, all over could. the world. If I could do
0: a British or an Australian accent any kind of justice I would I would try but I would just
1: <laughs> it just wouldn't work. You know I had a a real British accent one time because I lived in England from the age of 8 to 12 and you know several months after we'd been there I had a full on English accent. And then we moved back to the states and it probably took a shorter time to get my American accent back.
0: <laughs> Isn't that weird though cuz I know people who have moved to either different areas of our country or other countries, and they, they come back with an accent.
1: Yeah, except my uh, it was different from my parents. All four years that we were there, they kept their American accent. But when we came back to the states, my dad liked using a lot of British phrases. You know, like if he wanted to call around the different people, let them know about something, he would say, "I'm going to ring around," because that's what they would say. "I'm going to ring around," you know, <laughs> call people on the phone. All these phrases, he loved that. But he never, and my mom never got the accent. But speaking of Different countries. Just got an email today. Greetings from Hungary. I really enjoy the Growing in Grace is weekly podcast. I think he means I really enjoy the Growing in Grace weekly podcast. I have just discovered it. Uh, so it was a really quick note there, but good to know that we got people listening from all over the world. And and we do know from the stats on the uh, on my website, you know, anywhere from fifteen to twenty thousand downloads. Per month. And that's a rough estimate because it doesn't give me the full stats. I can't see exactly everything, but it does give me a good idea. So we're thankful that people that are listening to the podcast and we thank you for telling a friend about it and letting us know if you're out there like this person from Hungary did. You know, one thing that when we do this podcast... (laughs) You and ICAP, we just flow with this. I mean, this is just something that we don't have to psych ourselves up for it. We don't have to get together and say, all right, here we are again. What are we going to talk about? But it really is the case of sometimes we just chat amongst ourselves for a little while before we get on recording. And then afterwards, we'll talk a little bit more just because we love talking about this stuff. And, And during the recording of the podcast, there is so often so much we feel that has been left unsaid. But yet we do feel that we put out something that is really encouraging, uh, presents people with hope, with good news, and hopefully will uh, lift your step as you find out and refresh yourself in God's goodness and in His kindness and mercy and grace and all those good things.
0: Yeah, and no matter where you're listening from, you no longer have to be
1: hungry for God's (laughs) righteousness. (laughs) As soon as you—I could just tell (laughs) with your voice, you're going with a pun right there. (laughs) I kept thinking, when is this guy going to shut up so I can get this line
0: in? Yeah, That was a uh, three-minute intro by
1: me. I'm joking, man. I'm joking. That was a three-minute
0: intro. Record. Hey, uh, following up on last week's podcast about hyper-grace that uh, some of our legalistic friends out there like to uh, kind of point at uh, a teaching like ours, a discussion like ours, and, and say this is... This has gone over the line. We believe in grace, but, but, you know, too much of a good thing, you know, that, that kind of thing. Joel? you got to turn out the spigot a- sometime. <laughs> 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 yeah. Let me know when you have too much grace, because I'll take the leftover if there is any. Exactly. But, uh, good. Yeah. The one thing I noticed uh, in, a, in an article that was put out in a, a popular Christian magazine, and, and this to me, this is the difference between what's out there in religianity and what you and I have discovered in the truth of the gospel. And to me, it comes down to this. He's talking about, uh, okay, the the old animal sacrifices and the ceremonial law, the Levitical law. We know that's been done away with, and he throws out some scriptures about that. But then he goes on to say that the new covenant, and I'm quoting here, the new covenant clearly is a more perfect, because he, even though he, he even though he believes animal sacrifices and certain ceremonial laws have been done away with, dietary laws and some of that, he, he believes that the moral laws are still intact in today and are part of the New Covenant. And he goes on to say that the New Covenant clearly is a more perfect continuation <laughs> of the Old Covenant because of its prophetic fulfillment in the Messiah. And And to me... This is where all the confusion out there in the world of church stems from. This is, the, this is part of the foundation of the whole thing right here. Mm-hmm. Thinking that somehow the new covenant is a continuation of the old, you've heard us say before that this is not old covenant part two. The old covenant was wiped out of which we as Gentiles were never even a part of to begin with. And it was done away with, replaced with something new and better, the writer of Hebrews says, established upon better promises.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, he even says here, for although the Old Covenant terms are no longer in effect and faded away, and he puts in parentheses Hebrews 8.13, the New Covenant is clearly a more perfect continuation of the Old Covenant and so on, like he said. But that's the I think that's where things are missed and taken in the wrong way, because the Old Covenant ended and was made obsolete and faded away because of its imperfection. It had to go away, and it had to be completely replaced with this new covenant because the old covenant depended upon what man could do. That's really what it was based upon. It was based upon what people could do, and because the writer of Hebrews says, finding fault with them, that is the people who were under the old covenant, that's why God had to create the new covenant and of course the old covenant had the blood of bulls and goats which could not make people perfect but the new covenant is based on none of that stuff the the old covenant was a shadow and a type of the new stuff but it's gone now because it's been completely replaced with the new covenant that's been brought to us because of the blood of jesus the perfect sacrifice of jesus all of that old covenant stuff was there to point to the reality of Jesus Christ. And when the reality came, the old had to go and was replaced with the new. So, yeah, the New Covenant isn't a continuation of the old. <laughs> it's, it's a brand new thing. We've got to get that right.
0: Yeah, so th- these arguments out there that too much grace is, is, not, is not a good thing— you know, one of the other arguments out there, I guess, is that uh, people who live immoral lives are allowed to teach and lead ministries. He he also says that key members of the church are regularly living sinful lives with impunity. Joel, I, I, again, people who are in a a law-based theology, even though this person doesn't think they are, he just declared that he really is, because he thinks that the new covenant is a a more perfect continuation of the Old Covenant. And so some real serious confusion about what the gospel is here. But how many times have I seen over the years some very well-known and maybe some not so well-known pastors and ministers who were caught in some type of ongoing sin. And often it was the very sin that they were out there preaching against all the time. (laughs) You ever notice that? Mm -hmm. I mean, the very thing that they're telling people to stay away from or the thing that they're jumping on people about – was the very thing that they struggled with? Why is that? Because that's what the law does. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that, this is what enticed them into sin. Was this preaching of law based doctrine? So I just I wanted to point you know some of these things out here because there's there's a, a real misunderstanding when it comes to the law and sin and the gospel and grace. Yeah, and
1: you just can't mix them all together. You, you can't. And we brought up this example a few weeks ago, you know, speaking of what you're talking about, the, the Apostle Paul dealt with the issue of, of covenant. He used coveting as an, as an example. And so when this person here writes about how we <laughs> ignore the moral law, or he thinks that we're still under the moral law, Paul... He's the one who brought up one of the moral laws as as an example to show why we can't be under it. He brought up the example of coveting. He says, if it were not for the commandment, you shall not covet, I wouldn't know what coveting was. But when the commandment came, it produced in me all manner of coveting. That's what the moral law did. It brought about more of what the person wanted to stop doing. And so we've got to get out from under the law and grace is where we find overcoming of sin. Grace is where we find life, and that's where we find Jesus Christ. It's like, you know, when you say, can we have too much grace? It's the same, really, as saying, can we have too much Jesus? Because you can't have too much Jesus And Jesus is the answer to all of these things, both the fact that we were lost in sin and needed a Savior, needed him to save us for eternity and take away sin, and when we're struggling with various issues in life, Jesus Christ himself, the grace of God, is what causes victory and life and liberty and all the things that we so desperately need when we're stuck in that old covenant mentality. Right. And uh, exactly. And
0: so what we've got here now is is a new covenant where God the Father and God the Son set up covenant between each other. They took care of everything. So to suggest with this this hyper-grace criticism stuff, to suggest that somehow we have responsibility in regards to our righteousness, our forgiveness, to me, this is an insult to the finished work of Jesus Christ. Was Mm -hmm. it finished? Was the work done? Was it completed? Or was it not? Are you a work in progress? Or are you complete in him, as Paul said? Listen, it can't be grace and works. It just can't. It's one or the other. Now, we've been created in Christ for good works. But it's God doing the works through us, so you can't take any credit for it No matter what your moral compass may be, no matter what direction you think it's pointing, what level it's at, there are people who are out there somehow, either openly or unaware that they're they're just taking credit for somehow their moral behavior. Because, you know, the legalistic perspectives are always performance-based. But somebody told us once that the gospel is not a gospel of right doing, it's a gospel of right being. And being right before God with this new identity we have in Christ does allow us to live freely in him and allow his life to be expressed through us.
1: And it's not the war against morality, it's just where does it come from? That's the thing. You know, it comes exactly. from the life of Christ, not from our own efforts. And if it is of our own efforts, this is what Hebrews 10 is talking about when it says that you have trampled the son of god underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which you were sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace that's what we do when we think that grace and the finished work of jesus isn't the answer for everything when we when we go back to thinking that there's somehow some way that we can fix things and, and live responsibly enough before God to please him. When really, what really pleases him is when we put our trust and our faith in the finished work of Jesus, nothing more and nothing less. And of course, sharing that good news with others is something that we want to do, but is it something that we're obligated to do? Do you have to share your faith with other people? Do you have to go witnessing? <laughs> We'll talk about that next week on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org.
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.